0: Put on your critical thinking caps and please refrain from hugging. It's time for Dimland Radio with your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons.
1: Hello and welcome to Dimland Radio. Here on the Z Radio Network at ZTalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. Remember, I'm not really a doctor. I just play doctor online. Well, I didn't do a show last week. Sorry, but uh, kind of shakes out sometimes where I don't know that first week of the month. It feels kind of feels nice to not have to have a show to worry about it. I'm just not not saying that I don't like doing the show. I do. I do it. I have you know, barely anybody listens to it, but I do appreciate those who do. I really do. I thank you guys for for listening to it. Somebody and I, I'm sorry, I I forget your name. Um, and I, I should find it. Maybe I'll try to find it next week so I can give you a proper shout out. But somebody posted it on my Facebook, one of my Facebook posts, and just said, Hey, I listen, essentially. It wasn't exactly the words. He said, that, You've got more than just two listeners. I listen. And, and they said, they, they indicated they enjoy the show. And if that is you who left that message on my Facebook page, thank you. It does help, you know, it's like every now and then it's somebody that I, you know, that I don't know. I mean, there are people that I know personally, friends of mine that listen to the show. But, uh, yeah, it's when somebody from somewhere in the world that uh, I, I don't know them, maybe I kind of know them on Facebook or something. When they let me know, they listen to the show. Uh, that's always a, a, a bit of a boost. So that's cool. Thanks. Uh, send me emails if you want to drdim at dimland.com. D R D I M at dimland.com. You can send emails there. Yeah, you can, you can do that. Or messages on Facebook, whatever. So um, if you are somebody that follows me on Facebook, you, you probably already know a little bit about what I'm going to tell as the top story of my show this week. Uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, January 3rd, fourth and fifth over that those three days the course of those three days here in minnesota we had uh a snow event a winter storm Uh, we got snow however you want to put it but we it, it it took place over i don't know about two and a half days of uh of snow coming down off and on heavy wet snow Uh, we took the Tuesday and Thursday off of work. I mean, that Monday we had off because of the holiday and we decided, uh, Tuesday, you know, probably could drive into work, but driving home wouldn't be a pain in the ass. And so we decided let's just stay home. And the next day it was even worse with snow. So we stayed home again. Now, um, and as I've explained to people who don't live in climates where they, where they get winter weather, typical winter weather. I mean, they get their own kind of winter weather. I mean, California gets its own kind of winter weather. And lately they've been getting lots and lots of rain, which is crazy. But that's, that's what's been happening. But, you know, winter, snow, ice, cold temperatures, high winds, that kind of stuff. If you don't live in that part of the world, you might not understand shoveling. And, and snow clearing you might use a snowblower you might use a shovel I use both you might not understand the intricacies of how to do it especially over a, sto- a storm that's going to take place over the course of three days you get out there and you shovel a little bit as it's happening it sure it stopped for a bit or it would slow down for a bit over the course of the, this last storm that's what it did but I'd get out there and i doodle do a little shovel the back sidewalk and the little pathways that we have in our backyard for our little dog to be able to walk. Because she's just tiny. She's like eight pounds or not even eight pounds. So she needs these pathways to be able to you know, go outside and do her business. And so, so I would do that periodically through the day. I think I cleared off the driveway or part of the driveway. I would just do that. And it, and I did that, I don't know, three four times through the course of that day on Tuesday. Thursday or not Thursday, Wednesday woke up and oh boy, lots of snow out there. I figure of the course of the whole storm that in where I live, we got about 15 inches of snow. And I know that's no big deal to people who live in Buffalo, New York, or in the mountain areas in California that get snow in, in, you know, by the foot. <laughs> and I don't, and I mean, I know 15 inches is more than a foot, but I mean two feet of snow, three feet of snow, five feet of snow, they get nuts snow, nuts. And i don't know how they deal with it and for those people they're looking at me saying oh you got 15 inches of snow that's cute i understand i understand but it's still a pain in the ass so wednesday decided uh the snow was uh, slowing down enough and it got to be about noon and i thought i'm gonna go out and start to take care of you know do the full on clear off all the walkways the driveway, the little alley behind us, my next-door neighbor's walkways and stairs and driveway. And I also helped out a neighbor across the street who was having a little difficulty clearing out the front of his driveway. So I did a, quite a bit. And uh, and it took the course of like two and a half hours of doing it. And I figure about 60% of what I clear is is I use a snowblower and the rest is a shovel. Now, my wife, Amy, she did come out at some point, and she helped me for about an hour. It's uh, about as much as she could do. And uh, I mean, she got to a point where I said, "That's okay, honey. I, I'm, you know, I can clean up the rest of this." And uh, and don't ask me about our son. Just don't ask. Uh, uh anyway, two and a half hours. Heavy wet stuff. Uh, at that point, that it was clearing, it the deepest stuff was about eleven inches. Uh, we had more snow that came in yet that night and then Thursday morning there was another couple three inches of snow out there and what the plow left behind. Oh that's always fun dealing with what the plow leaves behind but let's stick with Wednesday. So I I, I finished up came in the house I put on some dry clothes I put some stuff in the wash I and I went to go to the bathroom you know, and I had to pee. So I'm standing there and I started to feel... Very lightheaded. Not dizzy. Lightheaded. As though I was going to pass out. And I understand what it feels like to pass out. I've done that a few times in my life. It's been a while since I went completely passed out. But I've gotten close and I know the feeling. I know that uh, just as the, I don't know, the oxygen levels in your brain start to go down and you just get this weird feeling. And I knew... I could feel it happening. And I, there's certain things I've learned how to do, to do not how to do, but to what, things to do breathing-wise in order to help stave off that, you know, to, to keep, me, keep me from passing out completely. But So I'm going to the bathroom. I'm feeling this. And I said, okay, okay, uh, take it easy to be careful. And then I got out of the bathroom. I said it to my wife, as I got to sit down. I'm feeling really lightheaded. And I sat down on the couch. And it was at that point that I, I felt, uh, not super severe, but bad enough, heartburn. It's like, oh, God, now i got this heartburn. and So I sat there on the couch, and I started to do the math. I had just gotten done uh, two and a half hours of clearing heavy, wet snow, or wet, heavy snow, which would be the way to say it. I think it's heavy, wet snow. Or wet heavy snow. <laughs> I think it's heavy wet snow. Anyway, uh, I just two and a half hours dealing with that. Uh, I I feel lightheaded, like I might pass out. I've got this heartburn, and I'm 58. So all that math added up to I better call nine one one, which I did. So I you know I my breathing was okay. I wasn't feeling short of breath or rapid breathing or hard to breathe. My breathing was okay. Uh, I felt like I was fairly coherent. Uh, I, I was able to communicate when I got to, onto the 911 call. They pick up, They picked up after, I don't know, 10 or 12 rings. That got me a little concerned. It's 911. Come on, pick up the phone. <laughs> anyway, they'd pick up. First thing they say, what is the address of your emergency and then they then they ask, "What's your name?" And then they say, "You know, what's the problem?" Not, not those words, but you know, what's the emergency? What's going on? So I explained to them briefly what, what was happening, what I was feeling. They said, "Okay, this is a medical emergency. I'm gonna I'm gonna transfer you over to medical emergency." Uh, they have a different operator for that apparently. So I get transferred, and and I was told by the initial uh, per- person that answered the phone, 911 operator i was told that i was going to get the exact same questions from that other person just be aware that that's they're going to ask you the same questions i just asked you so you know and so transfers me over that person gets on the phone what is your address what's the address for the emergency uh what's your name what's the problem and so i they it's i go through all the explanations i'm telling them about what i was feeling and what had happened, and what I was doing, and all that kind of stuff. Okay, and at some point, very quickly, early on in this, this, the operator asking me questions, she stopped and said, just don't think that we're wasting time here because the paramedics are already on their way. So, you know, we're not wasting time with, you know, getting all these questions answered because help is on its way, you know, as we speak great that's great and so she asked if I felt clammy or a cold sweat and I said ah, it's hard to say I mean I'm kind of sweaty from working but I, I don't know <laughs> whatever so uh, she uh, she uh, got off the phone with me you know had to get on to other calls or whatever uh, but the paramedics were on their way so within a couple of minutes of that in walked two strapping, good-looking lads. I mean, they were wearing masks, so I don't know how good-looking they were. But they were a couple of young fellas, and uh, uh, paramedics. And they come in and uh, they started asking me questions. They didn't. They didn't ask the address because they knew. <laughs> they asked my name. Uh, how old I was and okay. What was I doing? How, how did I feel? What was going on this this kind of stuff and I, and I said it felt like heartburn and it trying to describe what can you describe That's, I said, I don't know. It's like heartburn. You've had heartburn and he said, well, actually I've never had heartburn and I thought uh, Well, you're young. You'll get there uh, Anyway, uh, so he didn't know he didn't have a point of reference I don't know if the other guy did because he was doing some other stuff getting other stuff ready So he wasn't really in the conversation so, you check my blood pressure, which was, uh, <clears throat> if I recall correctly, it was 145 over 90, which is a little high. That's a bit elevated. Uh, it's not terrible, but it ain't great. But it's, 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 you know, it's, it's my doctor had told me that, you know, because I have high blood pressure, when I check my pressure at home, if I start seeing readings on a regular basis, 140 over 90, if I start seeing that happening, I need to get back with the doctor and they need to adjust my medications or whatever. Because uh, that's, you don't want, you don't want that to be like your normal. Uh, You want, you want normal to be 120 over 80 or lower if you can. Uh, So, but okay. That's nothing that wasn't alarming to the to the to the fellas. My pulse rate was like 105, which, you know, usually my resting pulse rate, I'm like in lower 60s. Sometimes I'm in the lower 50s, my my pulse rate. But 105, you 105, know, that's kind of up there for me. But again, within the realm of or the range of normal that might be on the high end, but it's not alarming, especially when you consider you know, I'm, I'm, uh, the anxiety level I'm having is a little high. I mean, I felt it necessary to call 911 because of how I was feeling. So things would be elevated. But the, the fellow that was checking the blood pressure and all that, stuff, he says, vitals are good. Your vitals are good. And then the other fellow says, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to hook you up to this. They brought in this, uh, it's like the size of an old boom box. And it was a, a, some kind of, you know, monitoring device. And they were going to, I believe, take an, a, an EKG uh, whatever that stands for, uh, to see how my heart looked. So they put on these, uh, these little sticky pads all over my chest, 12 of them, and they got the wires hooked up and to the machine, and they run the little test for a minute or 40 seconds or something like that. They said, you just need to, you know, breathe calmly and, and just, you know, be quiet for 40 seconds and then we'll get a good reading. And they did that, and they said, it looks good, your heart looks good. You know, so I'm not having a heart attack. I'm not in cardiac arrest. There is a difference. So, um, you know, so I wasn't having a heart attack. And and they said, okay, now, um, likelihood is that you were, you know, overexerted yourself. I mean, I am 58. And, uh, at, yeah, because it was the heavy stuff. So there's a reason the snow that, that that type of snow that we had that day is called heart attack snow, because a lot of times people, when they're clearing that stuff out, heart attacks because of stressing their hearts and they might have blockages and that's 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 the thing about a heart attack a heart attack is due to blockage of blood access to the heart it's due to its blockages going on Uh, um, a cardiac arrest is is a is an electrical disruption of the heart where it's not you know it's not the electrical impulses are are disrupted in some way so it's that's the difference Um, or at least a a simple way of describing the differences. So anyway, they said, we can still take you to the hospital if you want us to. And I said, no, you know, I'm already feeling better. I'm already feeling my anxiety levels coming down because now that you guys have told me that, you know, uh, that I'm essentially, I'm okay. So they said, okay, well, uh, well, here, they give me the, um, the, uh, the little tape printout of the EKG. And they said, keep this. Keep it with you know that that's keep it with your medical stuff or whatever, so that if if something should happen again, it could be compared to to this time. Uh, it's something you can show your doctor and all that. So great. So thank you guys. Uh, oh, one other thing that they did say. Now we should let you know about this. It's possible it may not happen, but it's possible there'll be a fee for what they just did. That you'll get some bill. It's not very. It's not going to be a very big bill, but there'll be something. Uh, in the old days. You wouldn't have gotten anything unless we took you out into the ambulance and took you somewhere. Said, once, once you, once you're getting the ride, you're paying for something. But uh, that's what that was the old days. But now he says, yeah, insurance companies, you know, you know, always trying to make some money. Maybe I don't know is that is that why? But anyway, it's, they said that's possible. I said that that's okay, fine, whatever, you know, as long as I'm alive. <laughs> so off they go, and I, got, you know, I rested through most of the rest of the day. Don't tell Amy this, but at some point I went out and I shoveled a little bit more that same day. Not much. I took it easy, but the pathways for the dog was being filled up with snow again, and I needed to clear out some of them. So, you know. Next morning was the uh, uh, taking care of, of whatever was left over from snow, I think another two, three inches. That's why I, I got the total of, it seems like it was a 15 inches of snow or so, close to that. And I think with the weather people said that the official Twin City snowfall was just under 15 inches, which is measured at the, uh, at the airport in Bloomington. We got the Minneapolis-St. Paul Airport out there in Bloomington, which is just a suburb of uh, Minneapolis. It's 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 like on the other side of uh, the the twin cities from where I live. But if they got about 15 inches of snow, I figure we're probably there too. And so the next morning, it got that two, three inches of snow to clear off. I used the snowblower for most of it. And and then I was dealing with what the plow left behind. And there was only so much I could do with the, plow, with the snowblower. And I realized I'm going to have to use the shovel for the rest of this. And that's when I texted my son, can you come out and help me? I think he was still sleeping. So I texted my wife. I said, can you wake up Hayden, send him out to help me finish this up? She did. He came out and he helped me. With the stuff, so he did help out, and he told me when we were waiting for the ambulance to get there, he came downstairs. Mom told him what was going on. He came over and gave me a hug. Said, "Dad, you know, just have me help you. Let me help, you know." And I said, "I didn't think I needed the help, but okay." So, um, I posted about it on Facebook. I got a lot of people saying, "Glad you took it seriously. Glad you're okay," uh, you know, that kind of thing. And I had a private message. Uh, from a friend of mine who is a physician's assistant. Uh, she's one of the Minnesota skeptics. Uh, she sent me a message saying, uh, essentially, glad you're okay, glad you took it seriously. And she's, But then she went on to say, uh, since you haven't asked me for my advice, I'm going to give it to you anyway. Uh, she said, now it's not a big rush, but you should see your doctor or see if your insurance company will cover you See, going to a cardiologist because I would recommend... That you get a cardiac stress test. You know, it's, it's you know not a big rush for it, but you should probably do that. And I told her that it, this is the time of year where I set up my appointment for my physical, and I'm going to be doing that. And so when I go in, it'll be a new doctor to me, a doctor I've not, have uh, not even met yet. But I know, you know, I'm gonna. I know who the guy is. So when I go in, I'll bring in that little readout. Uh, that I got, I'll tell them about what happened. I'll say that it was suggested that you know. I'll, I'll ask them. Should I get a stress test? Should I have something like that just to see how I'm doing? And we'll find out. So, and I'll let you know when that happens. It might not. I might not get the appointment made this month. It might be February. Depends on how quickly they can get me in. But uh, we'll see. We'll see, won't we? Oh my goodness! I've come up to a break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the ZTalk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Jim Fitzsimmons. I shall return after this break.
0: You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network. I am living on channels. Do you believe in ghosts? Do you think Bigfoot is real? Do you suspect that your neighbor is really Val Tor, leader of the lizard people of Bendar 3? Well, Dr. Dim doesn't, and he'll tell you why when you tune into Dimland Radio Saturday nights, 11 Central, midnight Eastern, on Z Talk Radio Network. It's an hour of science promotion, pop culture rants, personal observation, and, of course, skepticism. Join Jen Doctor Dim Fitzsimmons, Saturday nights, eleven central, midnight Eastern, for Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Don't just take my word for it, but you are listening to Dimland Radio on Z Talk Radio Network. Hey, want to hear the most annoying sound in the world? You're listening to Z Talk Radio Network.
1: Welcome back to Dimland Radio here in the Z Talk Radio Network at ZtalkRadio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dim Fitzsimmons. Speaking of cardiac arrest, <clears throat> as I said, there's a difference between a cardiac cardiac arrest and heart attack. Heart attack has to deal with the uh, blockage of blood getting to, and I think maybe from the heart. Uh, the, uh, it has to do with that. And a cardiac a cardiac arrest is a disruption of the electrical firing of your heartbeat. And you know, so there's there's a difference. Um, we uh, Now, I'm bringing this up, and I have to be careful, because I was advised by my friend Craig, make sure that, that you're clear that what we're hearing about this particular instant, instance is still speculation. It may be, it may be uh, um, very likely the explanation for what had happened, but it's still speculation. And it's possible an absolute explanation for what, for what happened might not be available. It might not be forthcoming. Uh, sometimes things happen and just don't know what happened. But, <clears throat> so with that caveat given, uh, Demar Hamlin, who is a, uh, a player for the, I think he plays safety, that's his position. Oh yes, it's a sports ball thing. He plays for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, there was a game between them and, I forget the other team. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Uh, there was a game between them, and uh, there was a play, and uh, Demar Hamlin got hit in the chest uh, as part of the tackle. Didn't look like it was anything, you know, anything significant. Uh, he got knocked down. He got up. He was adjusting his face mask or something, and the next thing, you know, he's collapsed. They do service, yeah. It, fortunately, uh, in a situation like that. Um, in a football game, they, they have you know they have medical staff and equipment and stuff right there. So this happens, they determine he's in cardiac arrest. We've got to do CPR. We got to get working on him. And and that's and one of the things that I was told uh, from the paramedics when they showed up uh, is that you know they were to check on me. I should say they were glad that I took it seriously. You know, a lot of, everybody was glad I took it seriously. Uh, I know anybody who wasn't glad I t- took it seriously, at least didn't say anything about it. They kept it to themselves. They probably went, oh, damn it. I was hoping you would die. But anyway, I don't know. Do I have anybody out there like that? Hey, send me an email. <laughs> anyway, I'm kidding. Well, no, you can send me an email anyway. So I, I, what are you going to do? Anyway, so uh, the, the, the paramedics told me, you know, it's time. When you get, it's, you know, cardiac incidences, uh, heart incidences, and stroke the quicker medical attention you know medical treatment is given the better the outcome the better the results so he's right there on the field they have all this medical stuff you know the staff and equipment and boom they're right there helping him and that probably did a lot to save his life so it's been explained by doctors online i saw some dude on youtube and there's been other people you know on the news stations and all you know cnn and and other stations, maybe even Fox News, had somebody on there that somehow, you know, made it uh, some kind of conspiracy. Well, there was a group of people that were trying to say that this was the va- fault of the vaccination. I, I, I'm assuming for COVID. I, I, you know, I don't even know if Demar's gotten the vaccination. I don't know. They don't know either. Maybe, maybe they do. I, 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 do you know? I don't know. Uh, conspiracy theorists, they're just they'll, they'll they'll just they jump on everything they can so anyway <clears throat> it was explained that you know your your heartbeat has like like four little stages for each beat and and they were showing you know how how the heartbeat looks you know when you draw it out on a line and and there's the there's this mark this point at, at which they they marked it out uh, I'll link to something in the show notes you go to dimland.com. Click on the show notes uh, blog option, and you'll get to this week's show notes. And I'll have something linked in there. They'll have a, a doctor explaining what's going on here, uh, or at least what they think may have happened. Remember, the speculation. It's not the, the, the these doctors that are explaining it online have not examined uh, uh, Demar, and you know, and even the doctors who have, I don't know how much they're they're talking about what's what happened. I I don't know at this point. But um, so. There's a, there's a point, like there's you know, it's like four little parts to each, uh, each heartbeat. You know, A, B, C, D. And they say somewhere between C and D is, where, is when... It's, the speculation is that that's when DeMar got hit at just that precise spot in the chest, which disrupted the electrical firing of the heart, which threw off the whole beating system after that, and that sent him into cardiac arrest. That's what they think happened. And I think that's, as a layperson... Seems like the most likely explanation, seems like a good explanation. These people are experts in their field. They know what they're talking about. But again, as I'm underlining this because I want to make sure my friend (laughs) is happy with how I've presented this. That it is speculation. We don't know absolutely for certain that that's what had happened. In fact, I, you know, I'm, I, I, you know, not to give the conspiracy theorists any fuel. I, it wasn't the vaccine. It's this. It, I think. I think I can say it wasn't the vaccine. The vaccine being the COVID one. So it was a scary moment. Uh, the game was uh, uh, was uh, was postponed. Immediately, I was like, okay, well, well, almost immediately. It took a while for the league to say, okay, we're not going to try and get the game going again. Let's postpone it. And then it was decided to cancel the game. The league must have realized that it's not going to affect the playoff picture, uh, whatever. And we are in playoff season. And as long as I'm talking about sports ball, as long as I'm here, uh, the Minnesota Vikings... The team I've been following since they lost uh, the last Super Bowl they were ever in ever in, in 1977. Uh, the team I've been, I've been wanting to get back to a Super Bowl and win one finally is in the playoffs. There's a chance. They have a chance. Yeah, They, they have to win three games to get into the Super Bowl. I think that's what it is. Now... I'm trying to keep my expectations low. You know me. I tend to have a a pessimistic view when it comes to my teams and sports. You know, my my friend Craig also got on me about. You know, you should you should be as 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 uh, uh, as uh, measured in your thinking about the the Twins as you are about the Vikings. You know, even in that negative sense. And I thought about it later, and I am. <laughs> I am just as negative about the Twins as I am about the Vikings. Come on. I've got like 20 years of playoff uh, of futility by the, by the Twins. They're like 0-18, 0-19. I, don't know. I forgot how many games they've lost when they get into the postseason. And the majority of those games were lost to the hated Yankees. I think my negativity, I mean, I even bet three dollars with a co-worker that the four game series taking place in new york between the hated yankees and the minnesota twins i bet before that series that the that the twins would lose all four games and i came that close to winning that three dollars i mean the the twins finally won the game uh the last game of that four game series but boy it got eighth inning the Yankees got within one run and the ninth inning they had men on base they were with they were close but they but the twins managed to finish the game and keep it from you know keep it from being a loss and I lost my three dollars which I happily handed over to him because that meant that the twins would have beaten the hated Yankees at least once in that four-game series but it was close so I think my negativity Towards my my teams, <laughs> you know, uh, it's, I'm not a huge fan of of the uh, of, of basketball. I like it, I guess, but it's just you know. I hope the Minnesota Timberwolves do well, but they suck, and they're never gonna win a championship. <laughs> the the Minnesota Wild, maybe they'll get a Stanley Cup, but I doubt it, and I don't think you know, it's it's. Ugh. You know, it's just, I don't think any team in this country and in Canada, but Canada gets winter. Any team that, 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 uh, uh, that represents a city or a state that doesn't get winter weather, you know, real winter weather, doesn't get frozen lakes during the winter months, should not win a Stanley Cup. At least not until a Minnesota team wins a Stanley Cup, which has never happened. But with the Twins, hey, they at least have a track record. They have two world championships. So they at least have that, and that happened in my lifetime. It's been over 30 years, but it's happened. The Vikings, they're in the playoffs now. They have a chance. The first team they're going to be facing is the New York Giants. The the nightmare scenario, the the greatest gut punch scenario that I was talking about a couple weeks ago against the Green Bay Packers, having the Vikings meet the Packers in the postseason and have the Packers beat them, that will not happen because the Packers (laughs) didn't even make the postseason. (laughs) Anyway, so that's not going to happen. So this is how I'm I'm keeping my expectations low. I'm hoping that I'm wrong each time. But it's it's one and done. They'll get in that they'll they'll face the Giants and they're going to lose. One and done. And if they manage to get past the Giants and play the, whoever they play next, it's two and they're through. But if they manage to win that one and get to the next game which would be the NFC Championship game, it's three and they're going to flee. and uh but if they manage to win that game and make it back to the super bowl they're losing by like 40 points it's just it's just not gonna happen so i'm keeping my expectations low i'm hoping that i'm wrong each time i really do i really am i'm not hoping i'm right it's just you know and if they do lose somewhere along the line here in these next three games if, you know, if they make it to the NFC Championship game and they lose that one, my dad and I will say what we say to each other at the end of each season. At least they won't lose the Super Bowl. Uh, where am I? <laughs> my time here. Uh, I'm going to go to my next break. You're listening to Dimland Radio on the Z Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I am your host, Jim Dr. Dimfit Simmons. I'm going to head to break.
0: You're listening to z Radio Network. Wash your hands often to reduce the spread of germs and disease. To wash your hands properly, wet them, apply a quarter-sized amount of liquid soap, and rub them together for about the time it takes to sing the happy birthday song twice. Wash the front and back, in between your fingers, and under your nails. Dry them with a paper towel if possible, and then use the paper towel to turn off the faucet and open the door. If soap and water aren't available, use an alcohol-based hand sanitizer. A message from the CDC. When, oh when, will someone design an exploding head emoticon? Please, someone, anyone. You're listening to Dimland Radio on Z-Talk Radio Network. We'll all be haunchwagged. You're listening to Z-Talk Radio Network you don't say what you think you went off to college or something on ztalkradio.com
1: that's the most amazing thing since grandma survived the outhouse incident And welcome back to Dimland Radio here on the Z-Talk Radio Network at ztalkradio.com. I'm your host, Jim, Dr. Dimfit Simmons. Uh, I should say that I am once again coming from the basement of Nostalgia Zone, which is a comic book store in Minneapolis. I work for them part-time. I use the basement of the store because it's the one place I can record a show where I'm not worried about having a dog barking and interrupting the show because I can't do that at home. Anyway, so uh, if you're interested in buying comic books, this is my little ad that I do. If you're interested in buying comic books, uh, back issues, we have tons of Silver Age, Bronze Age, Modern Age. We even have a few Golden Age books um, mixed in there. But you know, Silver Age through up to Modern, um, we have uh, superhero comics. You know, Marvel, DC, Charlton. Uh, we have uh, Archie Comics, Harvey's, Dell's, TV comic books, Western comic books, uh, war comic books, romance comic books. We've got all kinds of them. Uh, you can check out our website at NostalgiaZone.com. You can become a member of our membership. You'll save 10% on purchases of items that you find on our online catalog. And uh, and you can earn points toward future purchases. So you know, check it out. It's uh, NostalgiaZone.com. It's, it's got some cool stuff. So if you're into comic books, check us out. Uh, and, and speaking of, last weekend, a nice collection came in to the store. Uh, not on its own. A person brought it in in boxes. But uh, it was uh, some good stuff. Uh, some Silver Age through uh, through Bronze Age. Uh, and most of which was in really nice condition. I just, well, we, well, we were looking through that and just going, wow, this is, uh, looks pretty good. And uh, comic book collectors, especially if they're Marvel Comics uh, collectors, will know this number. They'll know the significance of this number, 181. Just saying that, many of them will know the significance of that number. And if you don't know it because you're not a comic book collector, I'll explain it to you. 181, uh, that would be in the series for uh, The Incredible Hulk. Uh, issue number 181, was the first full issue appearance of Wolverine. Issue 180 had a cameo appearance of Wolverine. He shows up in the last page on the last panel. Might have had another panel or two, but I think it's just the last page, last panel. And uh, uh, Wolverine was a fairly significant character, became a fairly significant character in Marvel Comics. It took a while, uh, the, he became part of the X-Men back in 1975 or so when Marvel revamped the X-Men team. They jettisoned uh, most of the original members of that uh, super fighting me- team of mutants um, and they kept a couple of the original members and then they brought in these new characters and that just revitalized the t- the, the, the series. Uh, the writer, Chris Claremont, uh, just kind of gave it some more oomph and uh, artist Dave Cockrum gave us a, 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 a fun uh, look. He's, Dave Cockrum's a good artist. And then at some point, another artist came in, took over the drawing. That was John Byrne. And John Byrne would work with Chris Claremont on the series, uh, on, this, on, the, on the writing. He'd come up with plots with them, and then Claremont would be doing the writing. And uh, it, was, it was the combination of Claremont and, and John Byrne that they did, and maybe some editor or something said let's let's work with this Wolverine character who we had brought in to the new into this new group, but he wasn't really resonating. So they started to work with that character. It started to give him, make him more interesting, and give him some stuff to you know that uh, that uh, could catch the attention of the readers. And boy, did it! And he became a big character in the comic books. And then when the movies came out, Hugh Jackman played. Wolverine. he Wolverine was pretty much the star character, uh, you know, the star mutant other than Professor X uh, within the movies. So rather significant. So when issue number 181 comes in in pretty nice condition, I think it got valued as very fine, which is a 8.0 um, and a 10 point scale. Very, very seldom do you have a 10... Point zero comic book. I've asked the boss here why we don't ever grade any comic book above a 9.4, and he says, nobody's perfect. So, you know, that's his policy. Uh, so it's, it's an 8.0, pretty good. And that um, uh, 180, which is the ca- first appearance as a cameo for of Wolverine, uh, that one was also in pretty decent shape. I think it was considered fine, very fine, which is a six point seven point zero. And so, um, you know, pretty good. And they got priced out at uh for the for 180, uh that one got priced at sixteen hundred dollars. The one eighty one got priced at six thousand. So and I I'm told that both books are spoken for already. So that was the collection that came in last week. There's some other stuff that's just you know really nice. Uh, I just looked at the showcase before coming down here a lot of the books in the showcase maybe all of them came from that collection that just came in last week those two comic books that I just talked about the 180 and 181 sell those that pays for what uh what the com- what we paid for uh and more for what we paid for the collection although we were uh the boss was pretty generous with what he paid the person who came in so we we're, we're going to do all right the person brought in the collection's going to do all right it's uh It's pretty cool. So, if you're again, if you're a fan of comic books and you you collect them, check out NostalgiaZone.com. It was very exciting to see that book. It's very those two especially, but uh, and the other stuff in there really cool. Uh, Let's see, Um, hmm, 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 Pele died. World famous soccer player Pele died. Uh, Let's see, and then uh, Pope Benedict the Sixteenth. Uh, the most recent pope before Francis, uh, he died, and Lisa Marie Presley died. <gasps> That's three. Famous people die in threes. It's true. Oh, wait a minute. So did Adam Rich. He just died. Who's Adam Rich? He was the actor who he played the youngest uh, uh, of the kids on the on the seventies television uh, comedy dramedy, whatever they. Whatever dramedy, comedy, whatever, whatever they call it, cr- cr- comma, <laughs> whatever they call it. Uh, eight is enough. He played the youngest uh, kid. Uh, I don't know what he was doing more recently, and, and but, but he died. Oh, and, and Robbie Knievel, son of world-famous daredevil, crazy person, <laughs> evil Knievel, I guess Robbie Knievel was a was a daredevil as well. Uh, I don't know how he died, but he died too. So I guess they don't die in threes, do they? Do they? They don't really die in threes. It's just people notice it in threes. That's five people right there, and I'm sure there's a couple others that I've forgotten. And then it's uh, this whole idea is like, I I I mean, is Adam Rich famous? Well, I, yeah. I mean, what has he done lately? What you know, other than dying. I'm sorry, that's kind of crude. But uh, what did he? What had he been doing? I don't know. He wasn't in the news, wasn't anything. But he died, and he was in the news. I mean, so yes, he's world famous. Robbie Knievel. He maybe he wasn't a household name, maybe he wasn't uh, uh, something that people were following currently. But when he died, it was news. When I die, I mean, unless something changes for me <laughs> from now and. Till I die in another, you know, five hundred years. If something should happen where I become newsworthy, then fine. Now I could be a famous person who died. But you know, I'm not gonna show up on CNN. I'm not gonna be on TMZ when I die. It's not gonna it's not. but Adam Rich was. I don't know if he was on the but you know, you, you Google Adam Rich, and you're gonna and Google, uh, Adam Rich news, and you're gonna find all kinds of articles about Adam Rich dying. So yeah, he made it to the famous level, even though maybe more recently he hadn't really been doing anything in the world's you know view. But still, they don't die in threes. We just people just tend to notice it. Now, I don't know how big a deal it is these days about the dying in threes, anyway. But another person did die. Who's famous? Maybe not quite as famous as Adam Rich. Should be much more famous than Pele. Um, Dr. Harriet Hall. She was known as the Skept Doc. She was a pioneering of um, uh, female in in the in the in the Air Force, in the U.S. Air Force. She was a flight surgeon, and that was the pioneering part. Um, and when she she retired as a colonel. She, you know, she would write articles and, uh, for Skeptic Magazine and for other places uh, about you know, alternative medicine and pseudo-medicine and all this kind of nonsense that's out there. She would be backing up uh, how, you know, how, how it's nonsense, how it doesn't work. Don't fall for this kind of stuff. You know what they call alternative medicine that works? Whoops, I hit the computer. Sorry about that. That was just for some drama. They call it Medicine sorry about hitting the computer and I hope that didn't make a lot of noise so I don't have my headphones on I don't know how loud that would have been she was um, uh, she was also one of the founding members of the uh, blog science-based medicine now science-based medicine it's specifically they call it science-based medicine because they they want to differentiate themselves from evidence-based medicine because in their estimation to, you know, anything could be evidence. You know, an anecdote is evidence. It's not good evidence, but it's evidence. Yeah, it's it's it may be shit evidence, but it is evidence. Science-based evidence is the evidence that has been backed up by science, has been been carried out and, and gathered by science. That's what that you know, hence the science-based. Uh, that's the, the, the differentiation of that's uh, with the stuff that they put on their blog. It was uh, started up by Steve, uh, Dr. Steve Novella, David Gorski's part of it. Uh, Harriet Hall used to be part of it. Uh, there are other people that uh, that blog for it, and uh, so Harriet Hall was one of the uh, one of the founding members of that of that blog, which is an important one, which one I uh, reference frequently. Um, just to find out about some stuff. I hear about some medical thing and I think, eh, I don't know, that doesn't seem right to me. And I go to Science-Based Medicine and I see what they have to say about it, if anything. And usually they have something to say about it. Uh, let's see, um, she's also done several videos, which I'll link to at least one of them, and you can kind of go from there and explore what she talks about. She had a series of videos uh, t- talking about science-based medicine and alternative medicine. She's, you know, like homeopathy and how that's a bunch of bullshit. And uh, although she's not as, uh, you know, straight out as that. <laughs> I don't think she calls it bullshit, but maybe she does. Um, but it is. It's just nonsense. It's silly. Uh, she talks, yeah, she I'm sure she's, she's written about vaccine denial and all this kind of stuff so uh, she's died she was 77 I believe that was her age um, it's a, it's kind of a blow to the skeptical movement such as it is and uh, yeah she she's gonna be missed uh, yeah, in that uh, uh, in that she's yeah she's gonna be missed uh, her her voice was a voice of reason in a world that seems increasingly irrational Ugh. Um, yeah, so she'll be missed. Um, I'm gonna, it looks like I have a little bit of time. So I'm going to call an audible and do a little bit here that uh, uh, I was going to save. I want to thank, so I should, before I move on, I should say, uh, of course, Dr. Harriet Hall is a dimland Radio science hero. Uh, I, I know it's. I, I, she, I mean, lots of people are Dimland Radio Science Heroes that haven't been officially called. So I mean, like the Skeptics Guide to the Universe, all those people, they're all Dimland Radio Science Heroes. All the hosts on that show, uh, Brian Dunning, who hosts the uh, Skep, uh, uh, Skeptoid podcast, he's a he's a uh, he's a science hero, a dimland Radio Science Hero. Just haven't made it official. It's kind of official now since I've said it on the show. But uh, for sure, uh, Dr. Harriet Hall is a dimland Radio Science hero because of our promotion of science and rational looking at medicine and, and, and getting the good information out there to counter all the crap. And there's a lot of crap. Speaking of, Netflix has, I guess, a very popular series now. It's called Ancient Apocalypse. I've not seen it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch any of it. I don't know if I'm going to be able to handle it because it's just it's more of this ancient aliens bullshit now although aliens might not be the the particular uh, bent of the series, it's just that it's the it's the and I think I should just come out and say it it's the racist notion that oh that ancient brown peoples couldn't have built the things they built without some help from somebody smarter. You know that, and be that an ancient alien race or somebody from Atlantis, which was come up uh, which which was invented by somebody who was Greek, I think, wasn't Homer Greek? I don't know what was Homer. He oh, no 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 not Homer. Plato, Plato came up with uh, with Atlantis, right? Wasn't it Plato? So he was what he was he was Greek, right? So essentially he was white. So the assumption then. Maybe, I mean, I can't say this for sure. I, I, I want to try uh, to 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 practice the principle of charity, and I think that these people are you know, I, that if they if they are falling into a, a this racist notion that it's it's it, they don't realize it they don't realize that's what they're doing because Brian Dunning speaking of him he just did a recent episode on of skeptoid of a some ancient wonder that the mysterious peop- the, the mystery mongering people that look at and say how did these ancient people move these big things and stack them and figure out how to do this how did they do that oh they must have had help and he pointed out, and, and I'll I'll link to it. I can't remember what it was called. It's it's I can't I I, I can't remember the, the specifics of it, at least not at this moment. But uh, I'll link to that uh, um, to that Skeptoid episode. And he mentions in there that uh, I think you know the, the, the Parthenon, you know, the, the the Acropolis and all that stuff you know there in, in ancient Greece was being built at roughly the same time. But we don't have ancient mystery people. Questioning whether the ancient Greeks built the Parthenon, we don't, we don't. We don't. We don't. We're not seeing that. That questioning of that, but we're seeing it. The questioning of ancient uh, Egyptians being able to build the pyramids. How'd they do that? A pyramid, and there are pyramids all over the world. There's pyramids all over. Yeah, because it's a simple way of uh, of building something tall and having it be stable. Yeah, and it's it's and it, I I call it the you know it, and, and others are beginning to point out the racist notion of this. That it may be soft racism. It may not be like the person is you know uh, uh, you know some alt right uh, white people over everybody a you know, white power type. No, you know they put do the little okay symbol in their pictures or whatever. It's not that. It's just that they they they're they're not realizing that they have this tendency to question whether ancient brown people were able to do something, but they don't tend to question the ancient white people being able to do something. And, you know, the people back to the ancients were pretty much just as smart as we are. They just didn't have the tools. They didn't have the knowledge base. We, we needed to build a base of knowledge to, to learn how to do things and to understand how the world works. Yeah, it just it took, and even then, we're still working on it. We're still trying to figure out how the world works, but we're using the tool, uh, the, the the best tool that we have, to finding that out, and that's that's science and the scientific method. That's what we're doing. It's not infallible. It's not going to get the absolute correct answer every time, but it's going to get us damn close to it. And then down the line, as more information is gathered and more things are learned and knowledge, the knowledge base grows, we'll say, oh, we, our idea of what this was is not quite right. We need to adjust what we were thinking. We were thinking it was this way, but it's actually more this way. But that's because more science was done, more knowledge more information, more evidence was gathered. and the ancient peoples they were as smart they were smart as us they were smart enough to build pyramids to figure it out. so when you get a series like know, ancient apocalypse' that's, that's that the host of the series is, uh, is uh, Graham Hancock. Graham Hancock is a is a crank. You know, he even says in the series, I'm not a scientist, I'm not an archaeologist, I'm a journalist. Yeah, great. That's great. You're a journalist. Fine. So, you know, I don't know what I'm talking about. So I, I kind of want to thank him, because his existence, and, the, and this thing getting some attention, is, is nice. Because it's, it, it reminds me of the, the old days of skepticism, That was the kind of stuff we looked at and explained to people, and and said, "No, this person isn't right, and they're not. They're looking at things in a weird way, or they're ignoring some things, and they're just, you know, they're ignorant, or they're either willfully ignorant or 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 unwillfully ignorant. They're just, they're just passing this bullshit on to you. And again, this ancient aliens shit, this ancient mystery stuff, has an undercurrent of racism to it. It can't be ignored." Watch it if you want, if you can, but you know, I don't. I don't know if I'm going to be able to watch it because it's. I'll be. I'll be too angry. (laughs) So, anyway, I do have a a movie recommendation for you. Uh, It's called uh, Jojo Rabbit. Came out in 2019. I just got a chance to see it. It's a. uh, Just to give it quick. I'm. I don't try not to give anything away about it. Uh, It's about a 10-year-old boy named Jojo who is uh, and it's set in the it's set in Germany in the final weeks months of uh, World War II. So things are going bad for Germany. Uh, the town that he's in things haven't gotten quite bad yet they haven't started to get bombed out or anything, but the Russians and the Americans are closing in. And he's Jojo is a is a, is is part of the Hitler Youth. And he's big on the Nazi stuff, and he's big on Hitler. So big on Hitler, his imaginary friend is Hitler. Now, uh, this movie was written and directed by uh, Tycho Watiti. I think that's how you say his name. Tycho Watiti. Uh, uh, as I said, he wrote and directed it. He also plays Hitler in the film. Uh, it's very funny, it's very poignant. Uh, t- um, JoJo's father's off fighting the war, we're told. His mother has some secrets. His mother's played by by Scarlett Johansson. She's very good. Uh, Sam Rockwell is in the movie. He plays a German captain who is unable to fight the war because of uh, he's got a uh, glass eye or something. And and uh, but he he's a gr- he's a good character and interesting character. And he's there's you'll 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 see him if you watch the movie. Um, it's And, and uh, like, as I said, the, Jojo's mother has some secrets, which we learn through the course of the movie. <clears throat> and uh, um, it has a moment in there, having to deal with the mother and Jojo, that comes uh, unexpected. I didn't expect it. Uh, and it's, a, it's an emotional moment. Uh, I started to feel the feels that one does, when, well, that I do when I watch a movie, you know, and I only get a little lump in my throat, and my eyes start to get watery. I don't know what the hell that's all about, um, when this moment takes place. But, uh, you know, that started to happen as I'm watching it. And then <clears throat> I thought of my mother, who I, you know, who's who's been gone now for seven months and for the next five minutes i was a wreck um i was on my wife's shoulder just crying it uh, it just it just came out of it just hit me so hard uh um, when the moment comes in the film if you watch it you'll know i don't want to give away what it is what it involves or anything like that but you'll know uh, it's a really good movie. You should check it out. It's called Jojo Rabbit, and uh, yeah, and uh, and I miss my mom. Good
0: night, Doctor.
1: Good night, Frau Blucher. So we've come to the end of another Dimland Radio here on the ZTalkRadio.com uh, thing. Uh, I'm your host, Jim Doctor Nip Simmons. you should be skeptical, especially that ancient alien stuff apocalypse crap and that uh, uh, extraordinary claims require extraordinary evidence and I'm also reminding you to sleep the lights off. I'll see you next week. You can check out my show notes at dimland.com. Just click on the blog option. And you can email your questions and comments to Dr. Dim at dimland.com. That's D-R-D-I-M at dimland.com. And the opening theme song "Ram" is by Theolius and is used with permission. Has been a production of the Z Talk Radio Network. And now a message to our competitors. Thanks. Thanks for, for tuning us in. in. What did you think of tonight's installment of Dimland Radio? Wow. Well, well. well, I'm going to hell.